This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay. In Pinchas over here, the second piece is an Ikrim about what it means, Hini Noisnas Brisi Shalom. Because the words really are hard to understand. Akash Baruch promised him a bris of Shalom. What, what exactly? I mean, they weren't warring to the best of knowledge before him. So the Ikrim says like this. The Chein Nimtza Shaftocha Shakash Baruch Hu Maftiach L'Tzadikim Losses Dem Akim V'Asmodet Tikorei Shalom um, Eternity Things that are without interruption, things that are permanent are called Sholem. Amma Hashem is Baruch Al-Pinchas, he knows that it's Brisi Sholem. Olefiya Kabbalah, Omeris Al-Pinchas, Al-Yo, Zeh Pirusha Sholem, Yeh Pirusha Sholem, Vasmada V'Kiyam L'Nefesh Begov. So, that is, the, the Sholem means that it is enduring and lasting. Now, how does that come to Sholem? Why, why is enduring called Sholem? Why is Sholem a term that's right for it? So the Ikram explains, V'zeya kishitasmid ha-haskama b'in ha-yisodes ha-feichim b'inyan shlo yigover ha-hefech ha-echad al ha-acher b'maskama zol shi-ha-shalom tosur sibas ha-hefzit So the Ikram says a tremendous yisod and it's a yisod on many levels true. Physically, the body is a, on the physical body of a person consists of, of a, a sort of, um, let's call it a, a, an, an equilibrium between various different hormones, enzymes, processes, and so on. And um, every, as, as long as everything's in perfect balance, the body is perfect. As things start getting unbalanced, then you begin to have problems. And the body's, um, the, the body's deterioration over time, the aging, etc., is because there's a constant erosion and there's a little bit too much fat and, and a little bit too much sugar and a little too little this and a little too much of that, and that slowly begins to tear apart. But were the body to be in perfect equilibrium, it would last forever. Just like a building that's in perfect equilibrium would stand forever, it's, but if there are a little bit stresses and strains from one side or the other, then it begins the time, it erodes the, 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 the bond and it falls apart. It's true on a community level. If someone has a yeshiva, somebody has anything, any institution, if the people there are perfectly balanced, because everyone has his place and every, everybody is doing his job and, and the, the min, the car and the small doha are perfectly aligned and so on, it should endure. There's no reason why it's going to implode. But the minute you have some, it's not perfectly balanced, then slowly that begins to create the stresses, the strains that eventually implode the institution in the, in the big sense of the word. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives a bris of shalom, Things that are in a state of shalom, which means they are perfectly aligned in perfect equilibrium, that makes for something enduring. Uh, I would add, 
possibly the following. Aaron Akon's Midas is Oif Shalom, Rodev Shalom, and, and so on. That's a tremendous Midah, obviously, and that's Aaron Akon. But that Midah in itself is not in equilibrium, because sometimes you just need to be strong or tough and so on. Pinchas was the Kayin who added an Akuda of Kanos, and that sort of perfectly balanced out the Kahuna, and Kahuna through Pinchas could now become a permanent fixture. Upshata That's the Pshat that the Malachi speaks about the Koyen, but Arna Koyen, but the Koyen. I gave him life and shalom. The, the peace we talk about is a perfect state of balance, which it means that it will be eternal. And the when it says that Pinchas means that Pinchas had that power that he could endure the generations and so on. Okay, the next piece is a Shalzatuvas Arashba. It says over here in the Pasik Lezerach Mishpachas Azarchi and in Pinchas uh, over here and, and it says <coughs> in the in, 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 um, era it's called Sochar and here it's called Zorach so how do we explain the change Avosharach Ilufin Shetimtza Shom Biksuvim Bidvorim Shein Yonim Ischalfim Eina Shaila so the Rajba says this is the Rajba that if you find changes in psukim that do not affect the content, that's not a problem. The psukim do not are not makbid on the words, just on the kavana. Yes. How do we understand dresses of chazal on changes of psukim? Okay, well, we'll talk about it in a second. This is true about you see it also by names. means light. The Torah, what didn't care about keeping the precise word, as long as the Kavana is there. And if we'll take a look in, in the Sefer, in the, in the Pasha sheets, in Dvarim, there's an Eben Ezra that says the same thing, and there's a Radvaz who argues on it. Let, let's talk a little bit and uh, a little bit more of the Rashba. Um, if, so, if, if so, what about all the Joshua's Chazal and so on? How do we understand it? So, I think the Rashba should be understood as follows, and Evan Ezra in the same degree. We've seen many times Evan Ezra says things in Pshat that are not like the Joshua Chazal, and he, um, and then, uh, almost seems oblivious to Chazal or ignores it and yet more than one place and we've pointed out always 
he writes very, very strongly that only ch- Justice Chazal are the Emes. So the Indian, I think, is as follows. There is a Limud in Torah, a level of Limud called Pshat. The Brisker obviously used to say about the Evan Ezra, is the called Mova Metzia, Menadechem, Elu Bale Mikra. In other words, there is something called Bale Mikra, Bale Mishnah. There's a world of Pshat in Mikra, which is, uh, uh, which is one of the layers of Torah, and it has its own uh, rules and regulations, and, it, and it's a way to learn something. So in the many Panim that Torah is in the dresses, whether Memtes Panim uh, or, or, or Ayin Panim, in Pshat is a very important chalak of it. And in the world of Pshat, an imprecise name that carries the same meaning is not um, is is not a um, it's not a problem. So, for instance, if somebody says um, turn the the, the 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 turn the lights on, and somebody testifies in court that he said turn the light bulb on or turn the bulb on, and we'd say, oh, it's perjury because that's not what he said. We would laugh at it because in the world of of, of shot, it's the same thing. Um, there may be subtle clues as to why we used one term over the other term, but that belongs to a different world. So it is a correct, when a person is learning pshat, in the world of pshat, zarchi and tzarchi is the same thing. The names are not important. What's important is the name denotes some sort of quality of that, of that mishpacha, and that's what the Torah kept. And it is correct when you teach it and the level of pshat, that mishpacha zarchi means tzarchi because the Torah is not mocked it. There's a reason, obviously, why the Torah changed it. I mean, the the, the Kashmir could have cut and pasted the names from one sefer to another sefer. Um, that, 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 that's not the issue. But um, we don't have to learn in pshat that it was um, something happened to the family or whatever it is. And it's important because we've pointed out before quite a few times where the the world of pshat refers to the reality as our senses perceive it. And if tzachri and zarchi must mean two different families, we're going to have to say there was some radical change in the family. If, however, it, it's, a, it, its meaning is true in the world of remes, so it's a subtle aspect of the family, but it's not the apparent, visible um, I- I- reality. So... I think the, 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 the Rajba, the Ben Ezra, is us saying that in the world of Pshat, th- when you teach your kid Chumash at the age of five, you should say Mishpach Razach Razach they're the same thing because they mean the same thing. So it, n- it makes no difference if I refer to the person as the policeman or the guard or the security agent, all the same thing. And there is obviously a reason, but that reason belongs in the world of Drush or Remes, why it's different. Rabbi, yes. how do we explain that by the Aserah HaDimros? I mean, Shamar Vazakar seems to be somewhat different. So, in a big, it, it's true, over there, over there it, it's, it, it, it does seem to be different. On a very loose form of Shabbat, they all the same. Keep the Shabbos, guard the Shabbos, you know, remember the Shabbos. They can be on, 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 a, on a simple level for people not used to Drush. Yeah, you know, keep the Shabbos holy, watch the Shabbos to be holy, you know, 
it could it could mean the same thing. It's not both of them mean to keep Shabbos. It's only it's only with the drushes that we realize they're related to two very different aspects of Shabbos. Okay, the next one is um, it, it, it speaks about the, the dividing up the Yerusha, and it says that Yisrael was divided by Goro. Now Goro, it seems strange to us that we would you know it's one thing when you have no solution the most you have in halacha you have when there's an impasse say in an impasse in different in you know, about who gets the omelet two yard sites uh, or you have but sometimes you throw goro that is the halachic solution it's obviously a solution when there is no other solution when you can't prove rise you know when without if you have no choice you throw a goro so the um uh, um, here, to make the why? Why didn't they sit down and say, hmm, what are the needs for each and every community, and how shall we meet it, and so on and so forth? Why Goro? A Goro tends to quiet down Machlokas, and it, it, uh, it, uh, it's a buffer zone between strong people. The Pasik is is praising and um, dividing something through a goro. It's a very good thing. So, there have been a, so people will not will not have kindness to other people because it comes from Hashem. Like said, the brings over here this this parsha. Um, the um, there's something very interesting over here. The the, the in halacha. The Gemara clears about um, whether or not people have to be prompted to bring to pay their dues. So carbonus we say not. Um, paying somebody else, we say in, in Mazik, we say yes. And the psychology is people are comfortable with giving up to Hashem, but very uncomfortable with giving up other people. And the reason is is kind of simple. The um, we perceive the other person as our competition, and we perceive his gain being my loss. Now, there's no such mitzvahs where somebody else's gain would be my gain. If the other person gets the karka, I lost the karka. It's not mine. If we have an argument and he wins, I lost. With Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I can feel comfortable saying, well, you know, I'm giving up Takashvahu, that really means that I'm gaining brownie points. It's 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 a bigger mile of myself. I'm not in competition with Akarishbarhu. Um, it's like when you go and ask a big when you have a machlokis or chavrus and pshat, so you, you fight bitterly, then you ask Ram and whatever he says. It, it's not because not really because you, you trust that to be the emiss as much as it doesn't bother you. You you never set yourself up be in competition with that God and he's the absolute genius of he said that's why it's right not because you said but because he said it's right so people when they have it in Torah and we have to divide up things 
and you say, well, we think that his point is stronger than your point, and his needs are greater than your needs, and etc., that's very, very strong. Um, people don't take easy to that, because that means I lost to you. M- m- uh, you know, some sort of in, in, the, in the competition between the peers of me and you, I came out on the bottom. It's hard to swallow that. When it's Ash- a goal, Hashem said, I'm doing it's exactly as a It's not understood why it is that he wanted you to get the land, but I accept that Kaddish Baruch Hu's Zardin. That's the, that is the Mila of Goro. By taking it out of human reason, then I don't need to acknowledge other persons being right, but rather it's exactly as a and that's what Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. I've, um, you know, unfortunately, it's tragic, but I, I've, I've seen quite a few times in that Israel there were people, Hashem people, who were brought to trial for doing X, Y, or Z, and um, they will plea bargain and admit that they are guilty and so on, but th- they, they will always present it in the following way. I've seen it a few times quoted. I spoke to Rabbi Yash. I'm not. I don't think I'm guilty, but I spoke to Rabbi Yashiv, and he said this is the right thing to do to avoid the trial and all the terrible libels else I will bring. And I'm being mekayim what Gedolei Saul said, and I'm doing it live shalim. And, and you know, you look at it, and you can't judge anybody who's Rachmanasan in a terrible, terrible situation like that. But you see the comfort of him instead of saying, "I'm as guilty as heck, man." I'm going to face a long life sentence, this, and plea bargaining will get me off the hook, which is sort of a a, a, a sharp description of reality. The person has a better way of doing it. I'm really innocent, and Hashem knows I'm innocent, but Gzeres Chachomim is, to a tzadik like is tremendous, and I accept it, and if I, if I need to be most nefakaisal, I'm going to do it, believe Shalim, because Gdolis also said so. You know, it, it's pitiful, and God forbid nobody should be in a position like that, but that's, that's the mechanism of it. Doing something Laman Hashem is easier, even if it's Mr. Nefesh, than giving in to the other who's getting the better of me. Okay, the next one has been a Bechaya. And by the way, that's, I guess as a Maimur Musker, in human, in human relationships, we have communities, schools, things of that nature. Um, there is sometimes a blessing in rules and regulations that at time might make some mindless, um, you know, some mindless anomaly might arise. In other words, the rule or regulation will be mechaev or exclude or include someone that really shouldn't have been. It's usually preferable to do that because then everybody says, oh, that's rules and regulations, you have to do rules and regulations, even if they're stupid. But a person will feel easier to give in to that than to give in to this is what you ought to do. One of, um, I- I- one of the differences in dealing with American and Israeli bureaucracy is uh, um, an American will, will be sympathetic to your point, but will say, what can I do? We've got to follow regs, regulations. We've got to follow them, whether we like them or not, we understand or not, we've got to follow it. And Israeli explains to you why you are dead wrong and he's dead right. It's much easier to go with the American one because we all know the American rules and regulations 
are, are stupid, don't make any sense, the, 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 you know, it's wacky. But, you know, as a law-abiding citizen, I've got to do it. The person feels okay with that. When you've got to admit that you really are wrong, and, and, that, and, and, that, and that it really is, is wrong of you to do this situation, it's much more difficult. So it, there is, in, in dealing with people and larger groups of people, enforcing a yekish a type of mindless um, listening to rules and regulations has advantages. And that's why, for instance, if you, if you make a rule in a shul that you can't have this or that, and you enforce it even when it doesn't make any sense, you win in the long run, because then everybody is, you know, you tell it, yeah, that's what it is, that's the, you know, that's the takhanis, they don't make any sense, but we keep takhanis. Okay, the next one is Rabbeinu Bechaya, uh, we're dealing here with the Parashat Yerusha, and the Parashat Yerusha is brought in by women, by the Nosloffot, and so on. Why? Well, this is a chelik of Torah that was brought into being by women. Nitztav Yisol B'mitzvah Zu Al Yidei Noshim the whole parish of Yerusha really shouldn't have been part of the Bria. And men lived forever, there would there would be um, there would not be the concept of Yerusha. So since Misa brought it about, That's the parish Nachlas should be written through Nashim. If because um, Nachla, uh, is, uh, Nachla exists only because of Misa. Why would no Slavchot Zochot do it? Since Eretz is called Eretz HaChayim, so um, the, they were especially Zochot to it because they had Chavivas for Eretz Yisrael. I want to explain this a bit. Why? I mean, it's good. It's just kind of, you know, it's just a chayim, it's just a chayim, and so on. Yerusha is not just a, uh, we'll see the next piece in the Sefer Chinuch. Yerusha is not just, listen, somebody's died, he's left over millions of dollars. We've got to find um, a, a, a structured way, a civil way of getting rid of all his property. Well, let's figure it out. Let's have the children, so on and so forth. Yerusha rather is, oh, I, you know, many, many people have proposed that when a person dies, all of these things become hefker or go to the government. Um, you know, like, there's no reason why the kid should get it. That's been proposed by a lot of people, and uh, usually by people that don't stand to inherit lots of money. So, and it, there is a sort of a logic to it. And the answer, the, 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 the other side is, just if a person would be living forever, so he would get to keep his property forever. That's the way the Bria should have been. Now that Misa was Niknas, there is still a way of sort of eternalizing my hold on the, car, on the property, and that is through Yerusha. We'll see the next piece in the Chinuch. Yerusha means that it's me, me through my children, through my close of kin, but there's some sort of still sense of attachment to myself. Eretz Yisrael is a place, for instance, there's something called, there's, there, there, there's Nachla, which can never be sold. It can be sold and goes back in, in Yovel, because Eretz Yisrael contains some element of permanence. In other words, the concept of Nitzchias, 
the concept of eternal and permanent is to Kedusha. And that this rule, a person can own property forever. He sells it, yes, there's an olamos oyovel, and that goes back to him. So, so the people who have chvivas for Yisrael are mekusha to some concept of chayim, which is eternal, really. And that's why the people who favored Yisrael were the ones who, who made this parasha. One more, achinach. What's the point of Yerusha? Like we pointed out before, Yerusha is something which is a sort of um, a strange phenomenon. If we get to keep the money we earn, because we worked for the money, we then invested the money that we worked for, we took a risk, and so on. You know, there, there's a way that the, econ- the economy rewards the people that participate in it. But what about Yerusha? You did nothing for Yerusha. Why, why do you get to um, to keep it? Mishrotzi HaMitzadach says, the world belongs to The acquisitions that we make during life, the things that we acquire, are hashkacha. Just as much hashkacha as who we are and what talents we have and capabilities are the assets and the resources we have. It is of the nature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's giving, we ought to be eternal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't do things that are uh, helter-skelter or temporary. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is eternal, and the things he does should have been eternal. What interrupted, um, what interrupted this process of things being eternal is Misa. So yes, I lose I lose my body at 120, but that's not a reason enough to lose out um, my property. It, and property is a matna scale. It will continue to the ex- to my extensions. My body has an extension, so there'll son or daughter. Let's say somebody dies and doesn't have children. It's royal that HaKadosh Baruch bracha goes to one that's closest to him. Because usually, the, the, the bracha that I was zocha, Oschus HaGormolo, it is Oschus HaGormolo, Oschus HaVolsov, Oschus HaVolsov, a person is naturally affected by close family, so we should, we ought to be tailor our bracha on the cash that we have in our family. So if a person dies, then he and his krovim should be the ones to, to, to yashnit because they are part of who he was and why he was and so on and so forth. Let's see one more small piece. Um, it says in the Pesach, So the Pesach says the king or the leader is someone who goes ahead of them. Yes. Yes, Pinchas. What, I mean, what, what difference does it make for the individual? He's not in this world anymore. You know, 
the difference is in our face understanding. A, a person, uh, people will fight to have their children take over their positions and things like that. There's a sense of me continuing. You know, when a person fights that his son should get take over the job that he has, like in a, in a yeshiva in, a, in town, and it's a halacha. There's a sense in me that I want to benefit my child or my close one. There's also a sense that my legacy continues. I, if I'm running a business, my son will run it the way I would have wanted to. I, I want to see it. I want to see him keep building it. And certainly, if it's a town and it's a, or a yeshiva. I want to see him continue the derech, and my son, I feel, is the closest to me in his, in, in his continuing the derech. So, so there's a sense of, even though I physically may not be around, but at least my ruach is, is in it. One more piece, it says over here, the Sarabina B'chai, it says in the Pasuk, that Isha and so on. So he says, He shall take them out, bring them back in, not through somebody else. stresses that the manhigim of Claudius role were not directors that sat in the back and directed the peace in the field but they did it themselves. It's, it's one of the facets of Klal Yisrael's instincts. Our Anoshim Gedolim, certainly in the Yeshiva world, were people that they lived the simplest. They were the least demanding. Whatever it is that they demanded of a Tzibur, they um, they they were the ones that embodied it more than anybody else. You, you don't have to have friends. For instance, you can have a very very good basketball coach who is um, who, who doesn't play basketball himself, who, who who either can't or doesn't like to, but he knows how to coach people. Um, I'm sure many people have had the experience. You go to a doctor, and the doctor tells you that you know, for your health, you need to lose X amount of pounds or stop smoking. And the doctor himself is, is, is quite rotund and smokes away. And if you point that out to the doctor, the doctor says, listen, what I'm telling you is true. It's your decision, but I'm telling what I'm telling you is right. And if you want to, you know, I've made my decision, you make your decision, but it doesn't take away from the truth of what I'm telling you, that being overweight or smoking is not good for you. The, um, you know, so you could say the same thing. I could, I could be sitting in, you know, regally and telling you his tapas mood is wonderful. But th- it, is, it is of the nature, colossal instinct about the Hanhigim is that they are the paradigms of living um, what they preach. And we don't readily accept, um, you know, the, the, the by and large, the vast majority of the Israel, you know, the, the Avar and Behova lived an extraordinary simple life in keeping with what they preached. So um, the, the, uh, the, the manic of Kaisal is the one who shows by example, and that's how he leads. Uh, um, okay.